1: So we're going to explore how to do it right. And we won't shy away from when it's done wrong. These are stories you'll hear nowhere else. Unique, frank, and unvarnished. From the team that brought you small town dicks, this is The Briefing Room. Episode one drops on August 30th. We'll meet meet you in The Briefing Room. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com.
2: And welcome back to Little Cuts, our weekly mini-sode where we dig into the things that we've been watching and reading recently. I'm Terry.
3: And I am Mary Beth, and this week we are talking the Heather Cinematic Universe, <laughs> uh, Japanese serial killers, a YA slasher, a wild television show, and Creatures of the Night. What a mess they make.
2: What a the mess they make.
3: <laughs> I'm very excited to talk about this with you, because you're I'm just very excited. <laughs> I'm so
2: excited. Uh
3: but before we get to that, the Heathers Cinematic Universe, you say.
2: Yes. Okay. So I had never seen Heathers before.
3: Oh, it's L. Hello. Oh. Sorry. Hi, Elle. I just noticed they uh, they brought in the chat. Anyway. Why... Sorry for being late.
2: <laughs> um yeah, so I, I had never seen Heathers before. Have you ever seen it? No. So, I'd never seen it, and uh, my roommate quotes it. And with the Netflix movie Do Revenge coming out, or that came out last weekend, I was like in the mood to just watch some bad girls doing mean stuff. And so I started off with Heather's, and that is from 1988. And that, of course, you know, has like Winona Ryder, Shannon Doherty in it. Uh, Christian Slater, Slater yeah. and it's about uh, this girl that wants to be part of the, the popular clique that's run by three Heathers, and she joins them, and then her new crush, JD, played by Christian Slater, convinces her to uh, start killing people, <laughs> and Hell yeah. making it look like suicides, and so then it becomes like this uh, whole big situation at school as the body count starts to uh rise aside from the fact that there's um surprising amount of of homophobic rhetoric in the film that kind of hasn't aged incredibly well i would say it's um it's interesting to watch it and then watch the follow-on movies that i did watch because you can kind of see like a connective tissue between Uh, all of these uh these movies that kind of I think probably started with others, Uh, but it's, it's entertaining. It definitely is a product of the eighties, but yeah. So I watched that and then we immediately went and watched jawbreaker. Have you ever seen?
3: Uh, I need to see job. I've got a weird blind saw of these movies, but I was just thinking about, fuck, I need to see jawbreaker too. So, okay, cool.
2: Yeah. So we watched jawbreaker, which I think is a blast and a half directed and written by Darren Stein, a gay man. And it shows this movie is very (laughs) catty. And stars like, you know, Rose McGowan from Scream, Rebecca Gayhart, urban legend, Julie Benz, eventually being Dexter. Didn't
3: Judy, is Judy What's, Greer in that movie?
2: Judy Greer is in it. Okay. Pam Greer is in it. Wait, really? Pam, uh-huh. Huh. Yeah. Pam is in it. There's like, Tatiana Ali is in it from uh, uh, Fresh Prince, the sister huh. in Fresh Prince. Okay. Has like a bunch a bunch of famous people in it uh, Carol Kane William Cat um, like just a whole bunch of people and this one surprised me because it opens up with the titular jawbreaker scene and I was kind of expecting that to be like the inciting incident like the 17 minute you know plot twist type thing but it opens up with the with uh, three of the popular uh, three of the four popular girls kidnapping the fourth one on her birthday And stuffing a jawbreaker in her mouth and tying her up and putting her in her trunk. And by the time they get to where they want to drive, she has swallowed the jawbreaker and it's lodged in her throat and she has died. And so then they spend the rest of the time trying to cover it up. And Judy Greer's character tries to bring homework home to the dead girl and discovers that they're all involved with it. She becomes popular. Uh, Rebecca Gayhart's character Lo- like wants to not be involved with it and so she loses her popularity as Judy Greer's character takes on popularity and it's it becomes like this dark comedy about all of this going on and it was a lot of fun I have to say
3: hell yeah I want to see it so bad so maybe this weekend I could well what? who knows I'll watch it soon I'm like hmm, wait every weekend until the end of October is full of other movies
2: but uh-huh. still but it was a lot of fun but then and then the whole reason I watched this, so I also watched Mean Girls and I'm not gonna talk about it because I mean I've, Mean Girls everyone's seen Mean Girls um, Mean Girls is great I love Mean Girls Tina Fey oh wow, what an incredible in my... triple fit- tri- triple feature
3: triple feature triple feature <laughs> triple feature anyway uh,
2: and then we went on to watch Do Revenge which is the new Netflix movie
3: I didn't make time to watch it yet what did you think
2: I loved it. It Hell feels yeah. like it feels like someone took these types of movies from the '90s and the late '80s, '90s, and just like moved it into 2022 and made it queer. Um, right. The the premise cool. behind it, is basically like a dark. It's like a dark comedy, "Strangers on a Train." Two girls, each having their own issues. Uh, Maya Hawke's character um, says that like this this girl that she was seeing. Um, started spreading rumors that she was a predatory lesbian and ruined her life. Meanwhile, Camilla Mendez's character is like, um, a poor person that has sort of like stumbled into the rich clique and has his boyfriend named Max. And he turns into a giant dick and leaks her a sex tape that she sent out to him, leaks it online and says that he was hacked. Whoa. The two of them meet... And they end up um, doing revenge for each other, strangers on a a train style. And it goes from there. And there are some, there is like one really big surprise in this movie that just like I did not see coming. And I loved it. Uh, It takes the predatory Les trope and kind of plays with it in an interesting way. This movie, I think this movie is smarter. And uh queer than I anticipated. And it kind of gave me a little bit like it reminded me a lot of like jawbreakers in this type of teen dark comedy. But it also reminded me a bit of um a simple, what was it, a simple favor?
3: Oh yeah, that's the one with um Blake Lively and Anna mm-hmm.
2: Anna Kendrick's
3: Kendrick, mm-hmm. yeah. Oh yeah, the yeah, one with Blake it, it... Lively is an incredible, like incredible outfits, and it's like set on the uh-huh. mummy. Anyhow. Uh
2: huh. This reminded me of of that, and I have to say, the biggest surprise of this was um Sophie Turner turning in a cameo performance that is unhinged in the best way.
3: All right, yeah, yeah. I gotta watch this movie. Very this one
2: was a blast. I gotta. Watch I really it. recommend watching Jawbreakers and this together, in particular.
3: Okay. All right. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, that's that's my um. Heather's Cinematic Universe.
3: Wow, what a journey you went on. I, I know. Is it this weekend? Is that how you spent your weekend? Yeah, that's Hell how I yeah. spent my weekend. That and yeah. I saw
2: Pearl, which um I don't really have much to add to that discussion except that the soundtrack in that movie was fantastic. Tyler Bates yeah. and I can't remember who else he composed with, but there's one other person I apologize. Um but that score is fantastic and I really enjoyed that movie too. It was good. Um Japanese serial killers though.
3: So I'm cheating and doing Fantastic Fest a week early because I watched it last night and I have to talk about it because it fucking broke my brain. Um, (laughs) I was not totally sober watching it as like a heads as like a total heads up, but I mean, like I went back and watched parts of it today to make sure I wasn't insane and I'm not so (laughs) great. So Missing is directed by Shinzo Kadayama. He's pretty a a pretty new Japanese director and this film, um, it's going to be very hard to give a summary here because it's one of those movies that like you don't want to give a lot away in talking okay. about it. But it basically starts off with a, a young girl trying to find her father after he goes searching for a notorious serial killer because there's a massive reward if someone finds him and they are very much in debt after the death mm. of his wife and her mom. So he goes on a journey to find the serial killer and... So this little girl, not little girl, she's like a teenager, tries to find him. And there's a bunch of like different storylines and stuff going on. And the reveal of what's actually going on is like heartbreaking. And it goes from this kind of like fascinating, like young girl looking for her dad, almost like Silent Hill vibes, not with monsters or anything, but with like this searching for someone, this like kind of almost melodramatic score. It's like the atmosphere.
2: Okay. So it's Mm -hmm. like...
3: It's a weird comparison, I know, but it gave me those kinds of vibes of someone just, like, desperately searching for another person with this music, and also the vibe is, like, very liminal. Like, it, the way it's oh. shot, it feels very, like, out of space. Like, I don't know, something about it just feels very detached, and it's very, it's very weird and off-putting, and, like, it is just wild. And then kind of the reveal about the killer and his stuff and what he is doing takes it from this like really interesting story a detective-y story to like this bleak ass meditation on life and death and like autonomy behind dying
2: oh (laughs) okay
3: it's really really good but it's just like really heavy um Mm. it's a lot but i really liked it it's like God, your quintessential East Asian serial killer movie that just fucks with your head, like, quite a bit. It's not incredibly gory, um, but it's, like, emotionally a nightmare. Um, okay. <laughs> really selling this movie. But it it's incredible Japanese, like, entry into, like, Japanese serial killer movies slash horror, psychological thriller, whatever you want to call it. Um but I really, really liked it. It It's fucking weird and bizarre, and the tone is just, like, incredibly uncomfortable. But it's really good.
2: That sounds good. I'm excited to hopefully yeah. watch that this weekend with Fantastic Fest.
3: Yeah, it's a weird one. But I had a great time. Well, great time. Again, it always sounds crazy. Like, I loved watching this movie. <laughs> I felt like This movie that emotionally,
2: emotionally destroyed me. Yeah. yeah.
3: Great times so are had by all. Yes, I am very excited, and it's coming out. Um, <clears throat> Bloody disgusting and Dark Star are putting it out, and I think it's coming out relatively soon. To like, I was gonna say general. it's soonish. I think. Yeah. Um. So we don't have you guys don't have to wait. It's it's a festival movie that you don't have to wait that long to see, which is always a nice plus.
2: Especially with like Asian films, because there's a lot of times where, um, I will see like an Asian film at a fest- film festival, and it might never get released here
3: yeah I know because it screened at Fantasia and I think they got it out of Fantasia but I, like you said I feel like there's so many incredible like East Asian or just like Asian horror movies that get these like really awesome festival runs and then no one picks them up because they're but I think I'm feeling like this year especially more people are picking up those kinds of like foreign language movies like I'm thinking about Midnight which is put up on my place of work obviously but like Midnight. We had um, the sadness, which is a weird situation because it's a white director, but it's—I mean—it's Taiwanese. They're pretty much through and through. Um, I've forgotten every other um, Asian movie that's come out this year, uh, but it's—I feel—I feel like and this is this is a very weird theory. I feel like after Squid Game had this like mm. huge thing, I feel like maybe studios are taking it more seriously. Like, that's just, like, very much my own theory. But after this, like, internet, like, oh, my God, people actually will read subtitles. <laughs> and it's like, oh, that's depressing. But at least they know, at least maybe they're going to take, like, genre cinema from East Asia.
0: Oh, yeah. And Elle
3: made sense. RRR is technically an Asian movie because it's India. It is from India. South Asian. And it came out this year. That's true. That's a really good point. I huh. still need to watch that one. Fuck. Terry, you gotta. I know. You gotta. If not for me, for L. <laughs> but anyway, going off on a tangent about movies, from that part of the world. Um, changing the subject to a YA slasher.
2: Hmm. So I finally, I've been wanting to to listen. Well, I I, I say read, but um, a lot of my reading is done through audiobooks as I'm commuting to work, and I've been wanting to listen slash read this one for a while now, and I just I hadn't thought about it and then the sequel just came out so i was like well i will finally sit down and i will listen to adam caesar's clown in a cornfield have you have you read it
3: no and i've been but i've been i've been wanting to it's on my list of things to read because i want to read the second one and somewhat preston fassel friend of the show recommended it to me did he recommend it on the podcast when we were talking i can't remember i have but he was saying it's, like, really, really gory. Or it was surprisingly gory for what it the is. The first I mean.
2: one is surprisingly gory. Hell uh, yeah. It is vicious in a way that I... And mean in a way that I was not Ooh, expecting.
0: Ooh, okay.
2: And so the, the premise of it is that there's this um, teenage girl named Quinn uh, and her, her mother...
3: Sorry, Misu appeared, made a chirp. The door opened, and I was like, what? And I couldn't see her, and then she yelled, and I was like, huh? Anyway,
2: I'm so sorry. Uh, So Quinn, young teenage girl, uh, and her father have moved to the small town of Kettle Springs because um, her mother had died from um, an addiction problem, and her father is a... um, is a doctor and was tired of doing the emergency room type doctor stuff and wanted a little bit slower time.
3: Very pet cemetery setup. Except uh-huh. for the, like sans the dead mom, but very pet yeah. cemetery.
2: <laughs> yes, exactly. And so moves to this little <laughs> town of Kettle Springs and it's their first weekend there. They bought this house. The house is like old and it smells like cat piss and there's like furniture left in there and it's like so she's moving there she's trying to get this fresh start she um meets a bunch of kids and kind of falls into the group with them because the the i think it's a science teacher i can't remember what 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 subject he was teaching i think it was science is like a complete dick and sends them all to detention um including her and so she ends up falling in with this group and it kind of follows their trajectory and it seems something seems a little off about the town in terms of like the adults and the kids interactions and it goes along at this fairly like typical young-a, young a young young a young adult <laughs> um <laughs> young a (laughs) why adult
3: (laughs) i ask myself that every day why adult why adult why adult (laughs) (laughs) Uh, but it
2: falls along at this like typical ya type narrative new girl in town meeting new kids yada 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 yeah and then about halfway through it's just like flips a switch, and the last half of the book, literally the last half of the book, is basically the final act of a slasher film. Like Things just escalate from zero to a hundred in a minute, to the point that I was looking at the book going, there is still three and a half hours left of this book, and I'm like, what's going to happen for these next three and a half hours? But no, it does not take a fucking break, and it just, like, speeds to the ending and it's vicious it's bloody yes it is bloody some girl gets her head like lopped off with a circular saw and later someone trips over the head like it is like it is vicious it's It's vicious
3: and
2: it's ya but it doesn't it's ya and that like it's it's about kids and it has some some similar tropes that you typically see in these types of books but it is Curse words are flying, violence is spreading, there's a little bit of gayness to it, uh, which made me really excited for the sequel. It's a great time.
3: And also, not knocking YA, because this bitch right here loves YA, Mm
0: -hmm. but
3: it's just... It's interesting with, why, like, YA, because I feel like a lot of people are, like, pushing it, like, are pushing boundaries with it, too. I mean, I'm I'm newer to the YA scene, but I'm very excited to read that book. And the second one comes it's out great. soon, right? It's out. Oh, it's out. Oh, yeah, mm-hmm. that's right.
2: I'm listening there's to it right so now. There's so much media. I rolled right into it.
0: There's so know. much media.
2: <laughs> it's why I'm enjoying, a... like, listening to it, because, like, it's on my commute. I have yeah. nothing else, really, to do, so, like...
3: That's true. I don't have a It's a perfect anymore. time for me. <laughs> just sit in my house. Uh, everyone just pause with the content, please. For the love of god. <laughs> I know. Let me catch what, up.
2: <laughs> what really surprised me though is that I'm like, where is this movie? This is like perfect for a movie. Oh, I know. This I, is perfect I, yeah. for a movie. I'm like, where is this movie? I, Netflix. I wouldn't be surprised where if it's it?
3: coming soon. I I mean, I again, not I did nothing, but and if it's not, well, Someone I'd also really like to talk stupid. to Adam.
2: He seems like a cool dude.
3: Ayo, Adam. Sup?
2: Come talk about clowns in cornfields. Uh, but yeah, so that's Clown in a Cornfield. Really had a good time with it. Loved it. Uh, what is this wild TV show?
3: So we've talked about the show before. It's not new, but I finished White Lotus finally. Mm-hmm. Um, and I wanted to talk about it because, wow, that show really is quite incredible. And mm-hmm. I hate everyone on it in, in the best way mm-hmm. possible. <laughs> Like,
1: mm-hmm.
3: What's so interesting about... What, so, Wet Lotus... Uh, Terry, you talked about this before, and so I'm talking about it again, but it's an HBO Max show... It's been a
1: that while,
3: though. An HBO Max show, six episodes, where a bunch of rich people are going to this like beautiful resort on a Hawaiian island, and it's about the rich people and their problems, but also some of the hotel staff and their experience dealing with the rich people. And... You know, obviously that's a pretty familiar setup, Mm -hmm. but the thing here, I think, is that it's much more sinister and dark, and it's, in my head, it's much more sinister and dark, but it's, like, very subtly that way, and Mm -hmm. they really get you with some of the, like, there's especially a relationship between Jennifer Coolidge, who won an Emmy for her performance in this show, and she is absolutely incredible as a woman who is an alcoholic who like is just has so much trauma going on in her life she just does not know how to be a person but she kind of leeches onto to belinda who is a black worker at the spa and their relationship is like so fucking hard to watch just like oh it's just like it's a lot to take it across the episodes but it's it's, it's oh man Everything about that show makes me both angry and incredibly entertained. Um, Alex Alexandra Daddario, uh, "Do Your Thing," cause is in it, <laughs> she has a she's a journalist who hasn't like made it super big. And her monologues about journalism and the state of journalism made me want to punch myself in the face. Mm-hmm. Jake Lacy is a er- horrific rich husband. Molly Shannon has a cameo. Sydney Sweeney, That's right. I mean like it's just like it's an incredible show. There's ass show. eating. There's ass, there oh, there is like explicit ass eating. It's incredible. And the man who plays um the like the hotel manager, I think also just won an Emmy for his role, which is very well deserved because good lord and also the show starts off with saying that someone was killed or someone died on the island so this whole time you're trying to figure out who and why Ooh, and yeah. everything is a pressure cooker like they everything mm-hmm. is just getting more tense and tense and tense and you're like who the fuck is going to 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 die and it's um they do a really good job kind of setting it up and then subverting it and setting it up and subverting it so you're not always like oh yeah this is what's gonna happen so i i really enjoyed it and i think there's another season
2: yeah coming? there's a there's gonna be another season coming um set at a different white lotus it's both it's like a chain yeah so it's a whole so. new cast i think maybe jennifer coolidge is gonna be back
3: oh god she's so good
2: playing kind of a horrible person in a way oh
3: she's a fucking terrible person and it's like Part of you feels bad for her at first, mm-hmm. and then as you get to know her, you're like, oh, yeah, you suck.
2: You're that particular kind of white woman.
3: You, Yep. Oh, it's incredible. They, and they do a lot of really interesting stuff playing with privilege and, like, mm-hmm. people's perspectives when they're privileged and very wealthy and very white, so. And
2: I told you this off off air, but I honestly, after watching that and Euphoria, I think Sydney Sweeney's just playing herself in these TV shows.
3: Which scares me. <laughs> yeah. She's like, kind of, she's one of those scary, like, Gen Zers that I'm like, I don't want to tell you anything. You're going to just, like, rip my ass apart as soon as you look at me. I don't want you accessing my deepest and darkest thoughts.
2: Her and her MAGA family.
3: Oh, make 60 great again. Or 50, or whatever the fuck those hats said. Yeehaw. Anyway. <laughs> well. <laughs> so. <laughs> Terry.
0: What
3: horror comedy did we watch this week?
2: Only the best parody movie ever made. No, it's not the best parody movie ever made, but it is. I think this movie is a lot better than it has been given credit for. We watched Mel Brooks's Dracula Dead and Loving It, a movie that I can literally quote at you. Uh, a movie that I that the the dialogue will find its way into conversations. Whenever someone brings up raspberries, I'm like raspberries. There's no, we're not serving raspberries. <laughs> I will just randomly say that kind of stuff. Or Renfield, you fell asleep too soon. Wake up. <laughs> I will randomly quote this movie. But Lucy, I'm engaged to Bina, and you're dead. <laughs> I love this movie. But I'm curious cuz you had never seen it before. <laughs> what is your thoughts on this film?
3: I had not seen it before. I definitely
0: <laughs>
3: Hmm, how do I put this? It is very funny and it's so obviously a beat for beat like parody of like Coppola's Dracula like very specifically. Mm-hmm. very obviously and I do think it tries a little it tries a little bit too hard to really, like kind of retrace those steps so it's like I kept comparing it to M. Frankenstein which like is not the right I know it's not the move I know they're two very different movies but just because of like the Mel Brooks adapting mm-hmm. a monster parody movie but I had a lot of fun with it I was like kind of ready for like Mel Brooks humor that's like a little off color but this one really isn't no, it's like much it's not like it's very inoffensive mm-hmm. and I just fucking forgot how funny Leslie Nielsen is like every scene he's with him dream. as Dracula is so good I think that was what was hard I think like he should I wanted him in it more and he was in it a lot I just think he's so his comedic timing and his delivery is just so fucking funny he is just yeah, it's the a little bit dusty
2: yes <laughs> I like it <laughs> But Peter McNichols too, though, his Renfield.
3: Renfield, yeah. Oh my god, his Renfield is very good. Like, this, I want a buddy comedy of the two of them together. And this kind of was like a buddy comedy between uh-huh. the two of them, which was very funny. I there's like this whole movie plays the accent gags so much, which oh like. <laughs> and, like, spitting and all of this, like, <laughs> people repeating things back in the accent. But there's also like... Yes,
2: Doctor. And emergency. doesn't <laughs> see.
3: There's a beginning where Renfield arrives in the town by, in Transylvania, <laughs> and this woman gives him a cross and she keeps... Played
2: like... by Anne Bancroft, by the way. Okay. That's Anne was... Bancroft.
3: She goes a lot like this. And I was... <laughs> it was so fucking funny it's just like it's such quintessential like that era of humor you know what i mean uh-huh. like it's very of that time but like it's not in like an offensive way just like in the gags no. and the way they're playing with comedy it, it's very it is quite funny
2: that is that that scene is one of my favorites i'm gonna be perfectly honest just the like i'm scheduled to meet count dracula and everyone's like dracula
3: dracula dracula Schedule schedule. Oh, I was dumb. Da- <laughs> that was I was like, it's scared. so dumb.
2: But you know, I think that this movie actually kind of has informed my my taste in humor. I'm not saying this is like the highest quality humor, but it's absurd. Like it takes things to the absurd degree where it's not just like dra- uh, vampires getting staked in the heart. It is like geysers of blood. It's not.
0: Um... <laughs> That's a lot of blood. <laughs> She just ate.
2: <laughs> or like when when Dracula's trying to get Mina to come outside and he hypnotized first her nurse and then hypnotizes her and then she's like go to the door, open the door and she walks in and she's closes it behind her and he's like Mina, you're in the closet. Come out. <laughs>
0: sit down. Stand to like... up. Sit down. Stand up. <laughs> yes,
2: he's trying to get her to to go and of course because there's two people that are hypnotized they're doing reverse things and some are listening some are not and it becomes like this whole comedy like it's just it's absurd and it takes it takes things to like a degree that reminds me a little bit of like 30 rock i think 30 rock is a sharper comedy than this but in terms of like the type of humor being absurdist this movie is is absurd is mel Brooks most absurd movie in my opinion from what i i've seen of his of his comedy he takes things and stretches it but like this is just absurdity it's just absolutely absurd and i love it
3: it doesn't rely on like big comedic moments but more of it just like again like it's like it's just an absurd atmosphere like it feels a little bit more subtle than i think other mel brooks movies that have like these big yeah. bombastic moments like i'm thinking mm-hmm. blazing saddles you know frankenstein yep. where like you have those big comedic moments but here it's kind of just like even, which is not a bad yeah. thing. It's just, it is much different than a lot of the other stuff that Mel Brooks has made. In my opinion, I'm not like a Mel Brooks scholar or anything, but.
2: And I just I love how it how it ends too, where Dracula gets killed because Renfield, it wants him to escape through the rafters and he turn he bursts into flames turns into ash and Renfield comes in completely upset and like pushes the ash together and makes a smiley face and it's like there you're starting to look like your old self again like just it's just absurd it's a fucking absurd and and yeah. I'm happy to say that it has not aged poorly like some humor that I've seen
3: yeah I will say it does it does kind of like it's a little bit timeless also that there is an obsession with animas in this movie there's a lot of talking about animas and I was like is this a homophobic joke but it's not it's just about
2: It's about poop mm-hmm. So, yeah. And I, I believe that at one point in time, in one point in history, like, um, people gave enemas for gut gut help. So, like, I think this was, like, an actual scientific thing that was used just at one f- point.
3: Flush you free. Flush mm-hmm. you. You're full of shit. Ha ha. <laughs> Gross. Anyway. But I, I enjoyed it a lot. I, I'm just glad to have more Leslie Nielsen in my life because he was also, I just, I oh, yeah, loved him in Creepshow. Show. Mm. And he's in the, the Creepshow segment. He takes
2: off his hat.
3: Oh, the hat with his the hair. hair. Like, the very much the hair. From See, I'm glad you watched Quopla's Dracula because now you get, like, a lot of the gags in this from, like, the steps when he, like, his shadow and then he has the, he has the hair and then, like, the whole thing with Lucy in the garden and I was like, are they going to do the wolf fucking scene? And they didn't, but that's okay. No. It's all just so, it is, it's just very... It's it's good. Poop it's fun. Letting. Poop letting. He also Thanks. says poop letting. Yep. <laughs> Ew. Ew. <laughs> as if I like was just not talking about enemas. <laughs> <laughs> I
2: also I guess like now watching it as as an adult, the one thing I also really enjoyed was the kind of subtle way that it, it handles like repression in Victorian time, where like the the female uh characters uh, when they become vampires they become a little bit more you know sexually and um open and we have steven steve 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 Weber playing um harker and he is like so uncomfortable being around women to the point that it's 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 a little ridiculous where like she's like we've never explored each other and his response is thank god like <laughs> he just is so fucking repressed and I just I don't know there's just so much of little small moments in this movie that just like I think work incredibly well. And you have Leslie Nelson go when he sees blood.
3: It's true. You do in fact see that. It's quite incredible. Well, so for next week, we are yes. putting a pause on horror comedies because we are covering Fantastic Fest and we're just going to talk about those movies because we got we a lot sure to are. watch.
2: We sure do. <laughs> Yes. We sure do.
3: Um, But then, Terry, who are we chatting with?
2: So on Monday, we are chatting with The Den filmmaker, Zachary Donahue. He has an upcoming uh, YouTube horror show, Cosmic Horror uh, show that's coming out in October. And he also has like an an audio, um, it's not a book, it's more like an audio play, I believe. It's like an audio. um, Yeah. That's streaming on... Shit, I can't remember what the app is, but you'll listen to the episode and we'll we'll make sure to include that in the show notes because I don't have it right in front of me. But uh, yeah, he's great. And he brought with him, uh, at least for me, I'm not going to speak for you, but my new obsession, I think probably both of our new obsession, Carnival of Souls.
3: I bought that like immediately after we talked about it. I bought it on, I got the Criterion.
2: It's so good. And I had never seen it before. And I don't think a lot of people talk about this film, but it's great. No,
3: it's so good. So I'm very excited for everyone to hear the conversation because now I'm obsessed with this movie. The listeners, you've heard from us, but we want to hear from you. Did you watch a film or read a book that we watched this week and have thoughts? Do you have suggestions for things we should be talking about or for a series we should be thinking about next time? Send us an email at Podcast at gmail.com com. Or reach out to us directly on Twitter. I am at MB And I'm
2: a Gaily Dreadful.
3: And of course, don't forget to follow the podcast on Twitter at SCARD Podcast.
2: And please don't forget to review, rate, and subscribe. And, you know, potentially sign up for our Patreon and help support us. It would be great too
3: yay uh thank you eric har for artwork thank you to sean keller for our music thank you everyone for listening and for subscribing please stay safe out there but most importantly stay creepy and
2: until next time